you got one life. I've born and bred, raised up in Melbourne. It's like, man, how boring would it be just to just stay in Melbourne your whole life? And right. It's like you could live in any country you want for, I don't know, a year, two years, five, like... A period of time. How many yeah. years you got in this in this planet. Right. And so I definitely want to live in Thailand. And obviously I was saying before, I, I was planning to sort of go over there and maybe not come back and just see what happened. And that was so exciting for me. And so I never really did that. Yeah. So that's there's still a part of that still in me. Yeah. I think one of the things that's kept me so sort of happy and content with my current situation with Rana, who I love, and obviously our kids, but just the fact that like I fell in love with Thailand as a culture and the language, but yeah, just you know, the culture as a whole. And just the fact that she's Thai and I, I just I just got this sense of the connection and just the possibility that we'll one day live there or that we could live there. Yeah. If we wanted to, we could. Like if some shit happened here and we had to, we could go live over there. Just that, just that idea yeah. keeps me excited. I'm Ren McDonald, and this is The Hope Initiative, a show dedicated to learning about humans on planet Earth, where I speak with everyday people to find moments of success and struggle in their life to help inspire hope in yours. Hello, welcome back to The Hope Initiative, episode 36. Thanks so much for being here. My name's Ren McDonald, the host of this podcast. On today's episode, I speak with a former high school teacher of mine, Joel Octagon. Joel was quite a young teacher when I was in my last few years of high school. He's only about six, maybe seven years older than me, but was someone who I really looked up to. I thought he had his whole life together. And in this conversation, we discuss why I thought that. We also discuss his love for combat sports and something that really lights him up which is the Thai culture. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks again to Joel, and here he is. Joel Octagon, welcome to the Hope Initiative. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for coming here today. To my finally made it. Yeah, it's been it's been a while. I actually had a look today. It was 22nd of July when I initially sent you a message about coming and doing this. Yeah. And it's the, what, just gone the 22nd of November. Is it 23rd? Four today? months, yeah, yeah, 23rd. But that's um, my bad in cancelling. I think you might have cancelled no, once. Yeah, but um, equals mutual. at least. Yeah, absolutely mutual. But that's cool. I really appreciate you uh, coming today. So to give a bit of context, you are one of my old high school teachers yep. from Box Hill. Yep. 2009, I graduated. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's, that's what I thought. That's, that was my first year of teaching. Oh, was it? First year, jeez, oh no, maybe second. I started halfway through 2008, I think. Okay. Like as a, I was a casual fill-in teacher. Yep. And then 2009 was my first full year. Okay. I remember you, you and um the Duffy twins, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And We're good mates. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah, jeez. Hey, what those students do, they, they, you think at the time, like you wouldn't forget all these students. You know them so well. Right. But over the years... Like, so I've bumped into students and they've come and spoken to me. And um, it's like, man, I've got zero recollection. Really? And then maybe, like, the memory, like, you locate that memory. It's very faded. Yeah, but, um, yeah, it trips you out sometimes. It's like, jeez. Yeah, going back that far. Mm. Yeah, I remember you. You and the Duffy brothers, Swart and Wreck. 
That's it, Sport and Rec. <laughs> you taught us in PE as well. PE as well, yeah. yeah. Not that I was going to ask this, but then you, you obviously remember them. And me, I, I mean, I didn't mention them in, in messaging you in the past four months, but what is your memory of me, um, and maybe of them and, and, and that time, if it was your first, you say, 18 months of teaching? Okay, so um, well, just to keep it simple, but like just good, fun personalities, yeah. lots of good humour, witty and <laughs> happy. I knew you were a soccer player. Yeah. And um, just good banter. Man, that's pretty much that's probably Oh, that's there. nice of you. Yeah, yeah. That's all honest as well. I didn't cause too much trouble? Nah, nah. Back then I was a young teacher. Yeah. So I would have been like, I don't know, kind of like just surviving. Mm. And um, you guys were just fun. Like, no no trouble. Nice. And I was always pretty sort of laid back. Like, um, I don't know, I think, as long as the kids weren't, I'm happy for as much of a joke as you want in the classroom sort of thing. But um, Mm. yeah, I wasn't too worried about it. Wasting time having fun in the classroom, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, nice. So I guess my perception of you back then, like how, how old are you now? I'm 33, almost 34. Okay, yeah. so you're about seven years older than me because I turned 27 yeah. last month. Yeah. Um, so yeah, seven years older, you would have been, yeah, 22, 23, yeah. 2009. Yeah. So my perception of you was... This guy who's got it all sort of together, life's all sorted, you know, obviously early or young teacher. Mm. And look, you might have done, but I know that when I was that age, I certainly didn't have my life. Even now, you know, I'm 27. There's a lot of things that I'm learning that I don't know. You know, in doing this podcast for the past nine months, it's been really eye-opening just in having conversations with people. Mm. But you mentioned there was, yeah, your first maybe 18 months in teaching. How, how was that first year? Compared to maybe where you are now, because you're well, you're fundamentally only teaching kids that you're not you're not that much older than, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Good question. Well, first of all, you said that oh, I appeared like you know, I sort of had it all together, mm. and I probably still have that appearance to a lot of people now, um, like students and even friends as well. But yeah, like through my own reflection, it's like from hearing people say it to me, it's like. It's something that it's like almost like human nature. The, the way we look at other people, we, you don't see their flaws, you don't see the insecurities and insecurities, and yeah, it's so common to come to that conclusion. Like, no one, I don't think anyone feels like they've got it together. Right. Like maybe some people do, but like very few. Yeah. So like, yeah, um, I have similar conversations with students now because from reflecting over the past ten years, like I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do. Right. Um, and I'll get into the whole teaching thing and yeah, how I got into that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it keeps coming up with me because I, I do get a lot. Oh, you look like you've got it all together. You've got a uh, wife and kids and a job and you've got, got a house. But it's it's all, like, on the on the surface. And but even then, yeah. you didn't have – I don't think you had a wife then. You, no, you definitely didn't like, have a kid. No, I don't lot, think We've got lots to talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Things change, right? Yeah. Ten years. Uh, Big time. Right. Big time. Yeah, so uh, first year of teaching. Yeah. Like, so – like, I wasn't like, uh, what's the word? I didn't know I wanted to be a teacher from school or even in uni. Yep. I, I went from um, school, um, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, old man was a, was a carpenter. Yeah. And, like, he used to just work himself to the bone. And I didn't I didn't want to do that. Didn't want to follow in his footsteps. Yeah. Um, but end of school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. But I was into fitness, basically. Wasn't really a super sporty kid, but I was right into fitness and martial arts. Okay. 
from a young age? Yeah, so I did karate when I was younger. Yep. Did a bit of boxing and kickboxing throughout high school, but nothing too serious. Yeah. Um, got got into fitness, just like putting on muscle and just interested in the human body. Yeah, yeah. And performance overall. Yeah, and um, so anyway, I ended up doing a degree in exercise science at Deakin, and yeah. um, that was okay, but I wasn't, I wasn't that, I didn't have that much uh, focus or direction. I was just like, well, I'm not going to go get a, pick up a trade. Right. Um, so yeah, what do you do? And at that time, I mean, it still is now, but people, you kind of just pushed uh, to go to uni. Mm. It's like, it's just kind of assumed, oh, you, if it's as long as you're you know, capable with your grades and whatnot, it's like, it's just, you just feel it. It's like, yeah, you go to uni. So what are you going to study? You put your VTAC preferences in. So you just do it. And so anyway, I got into my course and I, I did okay in school. But um, yeah, not much, not much direction or purpose. Did the exercise science degree. Um, no clue where it's going to lead to. Like, you could be a personal trainer, like overqualified personal trainer. Yeah. Um, you know, physio was interesting to me, but like I wasn't driven enough to like try and transfer into physio. Yeah. So, what are your options? And you, you talk to people what your options are. And so I did a um, dip ed in education, which is just one more year. And again, it felt like I'm just I'm just postponing life, you know, reality. Right. So, still living at home with my parents. Yeah. And so, yeah, got into that another year. So away it goes, and, and that was average, really average course. You they give you like a two five week placements in school, so you just thrown in the deep end, and like I was the like. If I students now saw me back then, or anyone now saw me back then, it's like I, I was like so underprepared, right. just like thrown in the deep end, no confidence in teaching a class. No, no, I've is that before you got to Box Hill, or yeah, in before those this is in my final five year week. of uni. Okay, the yeah, five so week five week teaching block. Like, yeah, my supervising teacher could have just failed me because I, ju- I just had no clue. Yeah, classroom management, just processes. Yeah, just acting like a teacher. <laughs> I was just like a kid, yeah. just pretending. A kid Ner- in charge of kids. Yeah, and nervous. Yeah. And um, anyway, so that wasn't fun, but yeah, you, I'm just getting through it. So anyway, got qualified. So what do you, what do, you do now? Um, I remember thinking, uh, the idea of my parents, I just said, um, I might just, I had a good part, part-time job. I was a personal carer yeah. um, with a uh, young guy, um, you know, physical disability, and I was, you know, it's kind of like felt meaningful work as well, and it was enjoyable, paid okay. Yeah. And so I was comfy doing that, living at home. Yeah. And then, yeah, so I think my dad said, so, what, okay, what are you going to do now? And well, I might just sort of cruise and take a break. It's like, no, you're not just taking a break. you got to go look for a job. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. All shit, right. dad. All right. So, um, yeah, CRT, casual relief teacher, uh, signed up at a, at a agency sort of thing, and that was my introduction to teaching, really. Wow. That's, uh, so I, I got a gig at Box Hill just as a replacement for like one month, right? And then they asked me to stay on. Yeah, and um, I stayed on, and I'm st- and I'm still there. And I basically become a teacher over say my first year and a half, two years there. That's how I became a teacher. Yeah, figuring it out at that stage. So that first eighteen months, you you asked like, well, yeah, it was hard, but yeah, it's just like you learn on the job, which is they say the best way to learn. Yeah, learn from doing. Totally. Um, but definitely was not confident, didn't have it together, didn't know what I wanted to do, but that was an option at the time. Mm. It paid. Yeah. So it was, yeah, just an option. Um, so has your, your possibly, like, have you developed a passion for it over the years or is it still something that is a job and, and does pay? Somewhere in, somewhere in the middle. Okay. Um, I find meaning in it. Yep. In the, the role of 
being being a role model. I mean, the, if I was to sum up like why I'm still doing it and why I justify to myself that um, it's like a good way to spend my life, like uh, career-wise, like well, I get to be a role model. Um, yeah, to young people, I get to teach, uh, like take away the school, take yeah. away the classroom. It's like I get the job, I get the opportunity to teach kids. Yeah. Uh, even forget the curriculum. Like if I could just do it my way, some kind of fantasy, and I'm still doing this job, it's like okay, no curriculum. I just got a bunch of young people who want to um, just do well at life. Like maybe maybe it's just one of the questions would be, what do I do with my life? Like to get it together. Like similar to that first question you asked. Like I look like at it together. Yeah. So a lot of these young people, they don't, and um, yeah, basically just. I, don't know, I would like to teach classical school of life, like school of life sort of thing. Absolutely. And um, I think that, that's, what, that's what I'm interested in. Right. I don't know. Maybe you got a sense of that back. I mean, that was I was much younger then. But over sure. my journey as a teacher, I've basically yeah developed in that way. And yeah, the, I've gotten better at my job, but I'm more more and more passionate about. I guess you'd call it personal development. Yeah. Health, health fitness, success, well-being. Yeah. That's what I'm into. Into in performance, sport. Yeah, sure. But fitness. Yeah, I mean, I'm into martial arts and boxing myself, so which is a good way to sort of a uh, good medium to communicate, you know, as an example. Yeah, but um, yeah, man, I like it. I don't know. That's the, that's the teaching. That, that's the teaching side. Yeah. Okay, well, that's interesting. A lot of what you've said, because yeah, I guess I I did get a sense of that back then, um, but now that I've lived, you know. Most of my 20s, I've still got a few years left. I've got a sense that everyone's making it up as they go along, mm. even my parents. Oh, man, you, everything you say, I'm getting ideas. Right. Yeah. And Even parents. Even my parents. You know, my yeah. parents are in their late 50s, and they had me when I when they were 28, and I kind of, like, I'm single. I, I doubt I'm going to have a kid next year or when I'm 28, yeah. you know, where I am now, but I, I can't imagine what they would have been like but it's the same case for everyone and it's really why I wanted to to do this was to get people's different people's perspectives even though we probably were brought up in in similar environments similar cultures mm. you went straight into it there but I, I would like to go back if you don't mind to a bit about your upbringing mm. you mentioned you weren't really in sport but now you ultimately teach PE mm. and, and sport and rec but what was life like growing up like did you have an ideal job or like a dream job, you know, kids can dream up some pretty crazy things, yep. which I think is all pretty cool yep. in a way. Like my little sister right now, she's in karate, she's almost a black belt and she wants to go to the Olympics and, yeah, cool. and do all these sorts of things. But what did you want to do when you were little? Oh man. So it's funny because I just came from here from, um, I was like breakfast with my brother and we were talking about the same stuff about our parents yep. and realizing your parents, yeah, they, they don't, don't have it all together. Yeah. And, um, but of course, you grow up as a kid and you idolize them and they do have it all together in your eyes. Yeah. But yeah, it's crazy because I've, I've, you just mentioned it, but yeah, I've like learned that over the, you know, I guess in your 20s, if you figure it out. And also as a teacher, it's like you go into teaching and you think all these older teachers, they've, they're teachers. And when you're a student, your teachers have got it all together. Right. And you're, some of these teachers don't know what they're doing and they're struggling. Yeah. And everyone's struggling, even teachers, even parents, yeah. Um, yeah, but so growing up, so I mentioned uh, my dad's a carpenter. Mum was, I guess, like full-time mum, secretary-type jobs and all that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, n I never knew what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, the closest thing was when I got into fitness and um, thought, okay, physio, sports physio, pretty common things you hear people, yeah. young young people uh, think of, like in terms of careers that exist. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like I said before, no real, you know, wasn't really sure about that. And going back younger, there was no fantasy job. Okay. Nothing like that. Yeah. Um, what did you do for fun? Like you mentioned, you got a brother. Do you have any um, other siblings? Okay, or so just him. Yeah, so I got two older half sisters from on my dad's side. Yep. Um, one of which um, we've been in contact since I was like fifteen, and the older oldest one I've only ever met once. Okay. And um, which is okay. Like it's um, you know, no, it's probably another story, but um. Yeah, so two older half sisters, me and my brother, are really close. Sure, he's two years, two and a bit years older than me. Okay. Um. Yeah, he's like he's an artist, yep. so we're pretty different yeah. on the surface, anyway. But you know, very similar as like brothers would be. But um, what does he do so in terms of being an artist? So he's like, well, he's always called himself an illustrator artist, but like I'm not from the art world, so it's pretty hard to describe. Articulate what, what he, does. he does. Yeah, so yeah. he does fine art. He uh, does it. Does his own galleries, okay. and he also does illustration for, um, just yeah, companies who employ him as a freelancer. Yeah, but he's like going more towards um the fine art and his own brand and all that. And yeah, yeah, nice. He's planning to go to New York and um develop his career there. And oh wow! So yeah, he's he's doing his thing, which is cool because we completely different on the surface, but similar sort of internal journey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, so growing up, uh, so I was into martial arts. I was into sport, but more like individual sports, more like, you know, I was like a little, I don't know, like I was always small, like short, and just one of the smaller kids, but like super, I don't know, competitive, yeah, a bit aggressive maybe. So yeah. I was into martial arts, and I loved like, you know, pretending I was in the army, and we used <laughs> to play war type games and all that, like loved all that sort of stuff, like ninjas and kung fu movies, Bruce Lee. Yeah. So okay, that probably sums it up. Um, right. I, I, bl- I played different sports like so. I was mostly into karate. Mm-hmm. I played squash pretty competitively. Mm-hmm. Ended up like traveling around Australia to play squash, which is just by accident. Like a friend invited me along, and I was pretty good at it. <laughs> and um, yeah, got good and all that. And um, I oh. did ballroom dancing. Okay. You probably never knew that. No. So it's not something. I, yeah, I'm proud of it, but it's not something I just go <laughs> teaching in, a class in, in of year 11s. Yeah, year in school, you know, it's like <laughs> some, can't be bothered just dealing with the questions. But yeah, boring dancing. Wow. Used to compete and you know competed in the uh, as a junior. Um, yep. Pretty, uh, you know, fairly high level. Nice. And so that was like another life. And also my uncle, my dad's younger brother, he was like Australian champion, like well in the boring dancing scene. Like it's a whole other world, dance wow. sport. Yep. It's a whole other world, and like he was like Australian champion one year, and you know, had, it's like Hall of Fame style. Wow! In in that world, so like, you know, Latin. It's in the blood. In the blood, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Well, so maybe it's in the blood, and because um, when I was in year seven or eight, year seven, one of the girls, you know, I was running around trying to hit on all the girls. One of these girls invited me to grow ballroom dancing. I, I didn't even know about my uncle. Oh, wow. I didn't really put it together what even ballroom dancing is. Yep. This girl invites me to like this social social ballroom dancing class, whatever. It was fun, you know, you dance with all these girls and stuff. And of course. And then now yeah, I was all right at it. You know, you pick it up, you do a little class and you just dance and the music was fun. And then I'm letting my parents know and they're like, well, actually, your uncle Stephen. And then I guess I put it all together and I ended up like I got scouted because guys are so so rare mm. in dancing 
you get all these girls who are looking for a dance partner and it's real serious once you partner up and register and you guys are a partnership and you guys you end up having lessons and you're practicing like every day of the week. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I, got, I got like scouted and um, I moved studios and there was like tryouts and it was basically, I was just like freaking groomed to be this dance, this dancer. Right. And, and, then, and, then, and then no, no shit. I'm just thinking about this, about this now. They, they, my last name, they they know the name because of my uncle. Right. And they're like... He's the up-and-coming star. No shit. It, it must have been something like that. I'm just realising it now. <laughs> and, um, yeah, there was like... I was like, partnered up with this girl, and I, I, she ended up getting a bit... It was a bit crazy. And these, these were kids. And then, yeah, got partnered with someone else. We did pretty good, but it was just too much for me. You're training every day. Yeah, this right. girl, I, I, didn't, I didn't want it that much. This girl was like... Wanted to... Yeah, she was... Full on, right? And I just said, "Oh, I've got to take a break." Ended sure. up, ended up with like stress or um, like uh, tendonitis. Oh, really? Like in you, the ankles? Or yeah, feet? you're dancing in these like Cuban heels, <laughs> which is like a high heel for men. Wow! It's like whatever two inch heel or whatever, yeah. and like the the rest of the sole of the foot is it's just like a like a leather, whatever, with like thin leather, so yeah. you can feel the floor. And yeah, hard on the feet. You. Back then, I didn't have all this noise that I've got now about freaking taking care of your body. Right, so right. I've got the freaking tendonitis and the Achilles. So you jibbed it <laughs> off and just <laughs> I said, oh, something I, a bit easier. Yes, no, I can't, I can't um, dance with you anymore. I got, I got these injuries. <laughs> but really, I was just had enough. Yeah. Interesting. So it was mainly single sports yeah. or single activities. So you never really played sports. team sports. Okay, what do you, what do you make of that? Because I actually spoke to a guy. The podcast is going to come out actually on Monday, so in two days. But he played soccer with me yep. around that time ten years ago. He's forty three now. So he, he was, you know, he he was an ex AFL player. Played about thirty games, and he talked a lot about team sports and how important they are. Yeah. But what do you? What's your opinion on, you know, doing these solo things, and how do you feel it's like, you know, affected your life, helped you know positively yeah. or negatively? I, th- I think it's like. Um well, it's a bit of a cycle, maybe, because I think my personality comes first, and I was kind of—I don't know—I've always been. I've never been such like a great team player. Sure. Sort of like focused on what I'm doing. Yeah. And um, yeah, even in the classroom doing group work, it's like, man, it's like this is a pain in the ass. It's like I, I know what I'm, what I want to do, and I'll do, I'll do it. That sort of attitude. Yeah. So like maybe I'm just you know, thinking back on it now. It's probably I was just. Personality-wise, more suited to individual sports. But then also, my dad didn't encourage me to go join the footy team, basketball team, as a as a as a young kid. Yeah. So, but he did encourage me to go start karate because uh, my mum was doing at the local gym doing aerobics classes or whatever, and they had karate classes. Yeah. So that was like the only encouragement to, yeah, start start a sport from like from from parents from my um from my dad. Okay. So you know that's part of it. But um, sure. Plus, yeah, I guess not succeeding in in school and football and basketball, not in uh, other team sports. I was into soccer a bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, don't don't know why. Just might maybe suited me more. Yeah. But um, it's the best sport in the world for a reason, I guess. Yes, exactly. <laughs> world game. Yeah. I'm biased, but of course. <laughs> sure. Especially boxer senior. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But okay. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't I don't know if it's affected me too much. Probably affects me as a PE teacher more than anything, right? Because um, 
yeah, quite a lot of the activities you do in PE and like are based around team sports and yeah. I don't have that expertise, but a lot of the students that I, I teach do have, they are quite a, at a high level in whether it's basketball or football yeah. or netball. And um, so I'm not, you know, I don't need to bluff and try and pretend I, I know more than them. I, I got sort of the foundation and I yeah. just, um, yeah, can use their knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. But yeah, I've never really worried about it too much. Okay. Um, been into martial arts, so that's sort of like in terms of identity as a PE teacher, as a sports person, it's like I hang my hat on like I'm a I'm a fighter and a, I'm a boxer and a martial artist. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know. So no, absolutely not. So not to be messed with. Yeah, so I, I like um, yeah, rest easy, knowing that that's that's who I am. And meanwhile, that's, this is more so at school. My day to day life with mates and friends, it doesn't even come up. It's sports, it's like it's a hobby. Sure. Um, but as a PE teacher at school, it's like that's 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 uh my sport, and, and other people have theirs, and right. sweet. So you say like the the Muay Thai or the the boxing, yeah. that's a that's a hobby for you now. No, Is that right? no, or, uh, or you no. I, I just mean in terms of in in life and just uh, how it's affected me. Right. Uh, in terms of um, uh, you asked about being involved mostly or entirely in individual sports, and how has that affected me? Yeah. It's like, well, I don't, I don't know. Don't know. I don't know how, how much it's affected me. Probably has, but not in a significant way. Sure. Where I've had any uh, issues, we got. Uh, uh, I wish I was in a like I, I missed the opportunity to be in a team sport, and I feel like I have. Oh yeah, I missed some kind of. I don't know important experience. I, d I don't. I've never really sensed it that way. Yeah. I maybe enough. maybe I have though. I don't know. Maybe. No. But it, it doesn't doesn't get um. I don't face it day to day life. Yeah. Sure. But. I do acknowledge that I'm not the best team player. Right. I was kind of like, you want to do it that way? I'll just, I'll just chill out. Let you do it then, as opposed to trying to like communicate and work together. I think that's all right, though. You know, yeah, you allow someone to be who they are, yeah. especially as a teacher. I think that would be good. You know, yeah. and I've gotten by all right with his attitude, but <laughs> in some cases, you do. You're encouraged to do group work, and so like you right. need to communicate and contribute. It's like, it's like um. Okay. Do you assign a lot of like group work classes in your in your PE not if it's homework not, or not really? I no. don't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I remember you know some vague recollections from high school, but I enjoyed it. But there's typically always you know one person doing the majority of the yeah. work, or maybe not one, but there's usually always one person doing yeah. a very small amount of the work. Absolutely. Right. So. In that case, and you know, ultimately, you're going to uni at the end, or you're you're doing your job, and sure, it's part of a team, but you're not going to work with the kids in your high school or things like that for the rest of your life. So, I guess developing those singular skills in a, in a way, yeah, would be possibly more beneficial. I think so, but yeah, I, I guess you know, you got a opportunity you know, to work in a group. It ticks a box, mm. I think. Yeah, and then yeah, but then you got. Things like sports and just outside of the classroom should be more organic, I think, anyway. Yeah, right. And, yeah, if you end up like me, it's fine as well. Not working in a group. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So, in looking at your uh, YouTube channel, yeah. you've got quite a few videos on there. Yeah, jeez. Like over 100, I think. It's crazy. Yeah. Now, one of the, some of the earlier ones, uh, like, just, like, I don't know, is it semi-professional, professional, like, it's like, looks... Very decent, like you're, you know, competing in oh, Muay Thai. Fights, yeah, yeah, you've got a few fights on there, and I watched one. I think it was your second fight, and you won yeah. unanimous decision. <laughs> was that against Chris Young? 
Chris Young, yeah, yeah, <laughs> 2014. Where was that? Because I think you... That was at Doncaster Hotel. Okay. On uh, Maury's Way, number two or something like that. That, um, was, that was about five years after you told me. Now I never knew you probably weren't doing it at the time because that was your second fight in 2014. I started fighting, I think, was it 2014, did you say? Yeah. Well, that's when the video was uploaded anyway. Oh, yeah, so that's probably not... Yeah, that was probably a year or two later. Okay. Maybe, not sure. I'm pretty sure I started fighting the same time I started teaching. Wow. As okay. in, uh, you call it like semi-professional, I guess. Like it's different to boxing. We got the amateur league, and then you got professional. Sure. And they're essentially two sports. Yeah. Different rules. You know, Thai boxing and kickboxing. There's, there's an amateur league sort of developing now because they're trying to develop the sport. But um, for you know most of this time, it's just been, it's all been pro am. Like uh, you call it pro am and. Yeah, it's a big grey area. It's like it's your first fight, okay, amateur. Second fight, yeah, amateur. At some at some point, they'll ask you, you want to fight like three minute round, uh, three minute rounds, or five by three minute rounds, and then I guess you're professional now. Like, wow, no one's you're not so signing anything. Again, just bluffing the way through it. Yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, kind of. And like even then, you might not even know whether you're pro or not. You might have got, you might get paid for your first fight, or back then anyway. Yeah. Um. So you get, are you professional because you're getting paid some money, and then. You might be getting paid 500 bucks, and then a, a full pro might be getting paid a few thousand dollars. Right. When when did you become pro? Uh, I don't know. It's like uh, when I started fighting three-minute rounds. Right. But then you can get, see pros fighting two-minute rounds as well. Sure. So even even I'm not sure it's still great. Sometimes you ask a question and, you know, the answers aren't that clear either. Right. So um, when did you when did you start and, like, how many, so how many fights did you get to, if you can tell me a bit about yeah, so that time? Okay, so I'll go, go right back. So I did karate when I was basically all through primary school. Yeah. Was into it. Um, but then, you know, through adolescence, teenagers, you know, just sort of sat bumming around and skate. I started skating a little bit and then ended up just like hanging around at the station. That One of those kids, a lad or whatever, back then, <laughs> but weren't, wouldn't have said the word lad, just a station. just Like a station rat, like yeah, a lad. Just, yeah, just, just with like, all due respect. Yeah, 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 like a 90s lad. Like, um, that's what we'd call them now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Far out. Looking back, like, hilarious. But, you know, that's what I was doing. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I guess, in a way, I had some my own version of, like, little man syndrome, probably. Uh, like, uh, smaller, always aggressive and, like, uh, competitive, but I was always a smaller dude. So I thought, always, always, like, the idea of being a fighter is, like, a fantasy, you know? It's like something in a movie. Yeah. And... Is I think most kids who grew up doing Taekwondo or karate, like they see like Thai boxing, Muay Thai, maybe on a video or in a movie or uh, Kickboxer, the Van Damme movie, and it's just like, oh, damn, it's like another level. Right. Anyway, so that's how I always looked at it, and it was like almost like a fantasy. I'm, I'm 14, 15, 16, and I, I want to start doing that. Yeah. But um, as a kid, it's like it's, I was always trying to fight. I even started um, a fight club in like – over my back fence it was like primary school <laughs> and just got mates together and just trying to get people together just get mouth guard 16 ounce gloves and we didn't know what we were doing did some karate back in the day and we'd done some boxing classes and we're just like just fighting <laughs> just hilarious wow. but I was just so keen it was so hard to get people to like I wanted someone to just sort of join up at the club with me yeah just for that support and um yeah no one was as keen as me like I was clearly just waiting you know it's just, it's just me who's you know, into this. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I ended up going to a few classes, but I just didn't stick around. I didn't have my own transport. It was all too hard. So as soon as I turned 18, I joined up at a um, local local gym, um, you know, what's now Hammer's Gym. Yeah. 
before that wasn't called Hammers Gym. Um, yeah, and basically, yeah, so that w- I would have been about 18. Okay. Um, and then f- I did some like inter-club fights, which is like just between gyms. Yep. Um, back then, that's probably the version, like a, almost like an amateur fight, almost. And then I started fighting in, I would have been 22, I think, when I started fighting. And now, now I've had, um, I, I did so some kickboxing fights, some K1 fights, which is like modified kickboxing. You can punch, kick, and knee. Yeah. And um, yeah, and Thai boxing fights, modified Thai boxing fights, which is like with no elbows. And then at some at one point, it was like hard to find fights, and uh, so I started doing amateur boxing. So I had like four amateur boxing fights, and I won all those fights as well. But they're kind of like um, feeling fights. Because you want to, you know, try and fight once a month, once every two months, and sometimes it was hard to get a fight. Yeah, right. And um, yeah, so I racked up about um, nineteen kick fights, like a mixture of Thai boxing and kickboxing. Yeah. And four amateur fights, amateur boxing, and one pro boxing fight. Okay. Yeah. And so what one was that one against Chris Young? You that was yeah. I think that was my second fight. Yeah. Uh, out of all of those, sort of, you you did about twenty five. Yeah, out of all of them, that was my second. Wow. Yeah, not including the interclub fights, which is you know, yeah. semi-contact. Sure. Um, yeah, so in that video, like, wearing shin guards, so, like, your first, first, second, maybe third fights, then you wear shin guards. Um, I mean, yeah. you look like a beast, if I say so. I think you was yeah, like cheers. a, <laughs> it was like a, like a light weight class, I mean, but I mean. Yeah, it was like 68 kilos. Yeah, I good was memory. Pretty, I was pretty stocky. You both were. The, yeah, yeah and you, <laughs> you obviously won. You were just going, yeah, hell for leather, this guy in your second fight. It was impressive. Yeah. Watching it. Yeah, I think like I was probably, a lot of the, a lot of these guys I fought at the start, they're probably, I, I had more training behind me. Right. Like I did, I did all these interclubs and I was like, I've like always been sort of a natural student. Like I, when I'm doing something, I'm really studying it. Yeah. Like, trying to improve, like, looking at all the details. And so, yeah, I was well prepared. Yeah. My first fight, like, I ran through the guy in my first fight as well. And yeah. he had a, five fights or something, and I, you know, I was ready to go, you know, hit the ground running sort of thing. You had a KO in the first first, first fight, one, they yeah. said, in, in the commentary. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was sweet. <laughs> so what was your yeah. record then out of the, say, the 25? Do you remember? Yeah, so out of the kick fights, 19 kick fights, I believe it was 12 wins, one draw. Yeah. I would leave like six, six yeah. losses. Yeah, yeah, sounds about right. And um, yeah, a few KOs. I forget, maybe five or six KOs. Oh. Um, and in the boxing, so I won my four amateur fights, and I took um, I made my pro debut boxing. Yeah, not not a career move, but it was like an opportunity to get some experience. I was complete underdog. Yeah. Oh man, it was nuts. If <laughs> you can find the, the clip of this, like totally like dramatic. So I come in. It's like a, I don't know, five-day notice. Yeah. It's like the home gym boy. Like, he's like semi-main event or whatever. Yeah. He's got like, I don't know, many, many amateur fights. It's, I think, maybe his second pro boxing fight. Yeah. The guy looks like a beast. Like, he's tall, lanky, but still muscular. Anyway. Yeah. I come in. It's like, who the hell is this guy? They, w- they would have been thinking, who is this guy? Um. Yeah. So, what happened? I ended up knocking the guy down real hard in the first round. That's a pretty classic sort of, you're a kickboxer, they're not used to the style a little bit, caught him off guard, knock him down in the first round, and I just get like tunnel vision. Like everything my coach was screaming at me, I changed it to my, in my head, he's, he's saying, stay calm, stay calm. Yeah. Like, watch, stay calm, something like that. But yeah. in my head he's saying, just knock him out, knock him <laughs> out. Like it's, cr- 
crazy. Anyway, so I just I'm just chasing this big overhand right, and um, he eventually recovers and he ends ends up knocking me out. Oh wow! In the third round, I think and we knocked each other down a couple more times, and yeah, that was traumatic because wow. I was I was huge, like just a nobody came in, kickboxer, five minute notice, for five five day um, notice yeah. replacement. Yeah, so that was that was exciting. I bet. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you got a lot of stories from that time. That's cool. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. So, a lot of the videos, most of them, after the few of those fighting ones, are all around sort of your life, sort of like a personal vlog, essentially. But a lot are around or focused around Thailand and yeah. Thai culture. Yeah. Can you yeah explain why and what attracted yeah. you to to that culture? Right. So. Okay, so this, like what you're asking me now, for, for me is probably like, I don't know, the, m probably the most significant or the biggest part of my life. Like it's in terms of my story. Like yeah. if you're asking me, okay, so tell me about your, your life or whatever. It's basically all about this. And everything else I've just mentioned is all the background. Okay. So, um, yeah, so I'm into Thai boxing, Muay Thai. So I'm teaching, a new teacher who doesn't really know whether he's going to be a teacher. So I'm figuring that out. And um. I'm competing in Muay Thai. And um, so I've gone to Thailand a couple of times for training. But really, like, um, got a full schedule, you know, like full-time work, training every every night, five, six days a week. Yeah, so pretty exhausting. And so after about, what, five years of that, I've been to Thailand a couple of times. I've just been continually fighting, racked up that many fights. Yeah. Um, yeah, so after one fight against, you know, he's now a mate, or he's a mate, um... Alex Alex Petrullius. So yeah. he he, uh, he won by TKO yeah. um, on my last fight, and he's gone on you know to do great things. One of the best fighters in Australia. Yeah. Um, yeah. After that fight, I was just like, oh, I think I need to take a break. Yeah. And you know, my trainer was like, my trainer Bryce, my coach. He's um, you know, he's scratching his head, thinking, oh, what, 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 why the why the performance? Why you know, my performance was always so up and down. Right. Anyway, so realize gotta have a break. So I take a break. So now I'm just sort of training, you know, keeping my face in the gym, um, yeah, just for fun. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I've got all this energy now. And, um, yeah, just coincided, a, a mate, he's, uh, he's getting married in Thailand, like, you know, overseas wedding. Yeah, and he had some friends in Thailand as well. So anyway, so I'm like, it's on string the school holidays. I'm not fighting. I'm not committed to anything. Yeah. I'm like, far out, I can, I'm going. Yeah, it was big. It was big for me. So I've been been to Thailand a couple of times before with the gym for training, uh, pretty structured. But this is like a first time. I'm just going for fun, right? And um, yeah. So anyway, in Thailand, uh, we went to Phuket, and um, he's getting married. And I also went to visit my friends who were there for the wedding, but like their families from Laos. Um, so I went over there to visit them. And anyway, just have like life changing moment and whatever it was. So called an epiphany, but I just realized I've got these school holidays. I'm a teacher. I've got these school holidays. The last five years, I've just been like fighting. And that's like, I've just really been, my life's all been, been all about Muay Thai. Yeah. And, you know, works, teaching has been a job. And yeah, we've well, been doing both of them. And so now it's just like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to learn Thai. And I'm going to travel. And I'm going to travel every school holidays. And I could just like, I could just see the next one, two, three, four, five years of my life. It was just like, I'm going to work. I'm going to study Thai at home. 
And I mean, I don't know at this point how clear it was, but it became pretty clear over the next few sort of weeks or months or whatever. Yeah, right. And so, yeah, had an awesome time in Thailand, met some Thai people, had a wedding, my friend's wedding. And then it was like, as soon as I got home, I was like online, how to learn a language. And I, you know, I should say, like growing up, I didn't mention before, growing up, like I always like I always had friends that were from other cultures, you know, a lot of Asian friends, yep. um, but from all different cultures. And I've, I've always just envied and be, always been curious about other cultures. Yeah. And I've always envied just people who can speak another language and yeah. just eating, you know, the, the native cuisine at home. And I've just always been really interested in it. Yeah. You know, pretty, not, not too unusual though. Right. But um, yeah, learning another language. Right. So just before you go on, so you mentioned you'd already been though to Thailand a few times before this yeah. trip with a friend's wedding. At that time, how old were you? Well, so it would have been around the same time I started fighting. So like 21... When he this would have been the first time I went to Thailand okay. with, with the gym. Yeah. And I was there for a month and that was just for training and I didn't fight or anything, just just training and holiday as well, but training, first time traveling overseas. Yeah. But how old were you when you went for the wedding? Um, so I would have about been five years later. I would have been about twenty seven or something. Okay. You know, around, around there. And you'd been working for five years. You you mentioned you sort of had this epiphany and it all sort of unraveled. You could do this and learn the language. Were you like in maybe a rut or were you looking for an answer or a different way to spend mm. your life at that time? That sort of I wasn't, up? wasn't in a rut, but I feel like I was probably, I've probably always been searching for like purpose, meaning. It's probably always been there to some extent. Yeah. And Muay Thai was, that was purposeful for me. Yeah. Like definitely requires hundred percent focus, dedication. And it feels like you're part of a big, like you're trying to be champion. Yeah. So that in terms of just like, a human need for like something bigger and yes and sense of purpose like that provided it for me and so yeah. when i when i stopped fighting not only did it like that that sense was gone but like all the energy i had just like mental energy time and physical energy yeah yeah it just sort of opened up the space the headspace to like see to see things yeah, and right. um yeah, so the closest thing to like an epiphany sort of thing, like experience I've had is just like I'm gonna learn, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna learn a language. Right. I'm like 27, so you know, like everyone says, oh, regrets, like wish I learned a language when I was younger. Okay. Like 27 is not very young. It's like pretty late to start learning a language. Sure. And um, but yeah, so I've always been pretty um, you know, like, well, you know, my mum's described me. Other people have described me very uh, sort of um, what's the word, focused strong like when i decide i want to do something and i do it just yeah. like with, with like fight with fighting for example very driven driven yeah and yeah des dedicated and focused yeah uh, like i don't do anything half-hearted that, that sort of thing which is like right. when, I, when i started fighting I, I, I didn't um you know that wasn't always the plan i signed up because i was interested but then once i did start it was like 100 percent. yeah until i essentially burnt myself out essentially that's what yeah. happened with that with that one but um yeah so yeah, so you know, I get home and I'm uh, pretty sure I book my flights for the next school holiday. It's like you know, each school terms on average about ten weeks. So I'm like freaking ten weeks later, booked in, two week trip to Thailand, and I'm just just figuring out a way to learn Thai. Just starts off on YouTube and then just googling books on how to how to learn a language, and so I end up getting onto some um, some like trial videos for learn how to read Thai. Yeah. Like learn to speak through reading, 
and that really interested me. And the trial, they, these these trial videos that seemed really like they, they worked. They got me got me hooked. Yeah. And um, so I'm learning to read Thai. So you know, pronounce, read, and pronounce, as opposed to just trying to like repeat and um, memorize phrases. Right. So I'm learning to read, and it's really rewarding because like you can see yourself learning. It's like oh, I can actually read that word now. And yeah. So it's like really good way to approach uh, a new language as an adult, especially. Right. And um, man, and this I, is a whole new like alphabet, right? As whole well, new it's alphabet. like. Yeah, I could, I could talk for hours just about the whole experience of learning a language. Like it's so many people want to learn a language, and the amount of people who have said to me after I they see me learning, so like, oh yeah, I'm going to learn this language, whatever. And it's like you eventually just say, okay, you know, good luck because it's like no, no one's so few people stick to it. Right. It's like I think learning a language as well as like a martial art, many things I guess, but language is like a perfect sort of a. Uh, like example of something that it requires a dedication and like the payoff is so slow. Right. It's like you're going to learn a language and say, well, you're not going to be really able to use it for years. Yeah. And you're going to have to study every day. You can't just do one big chunk of study and then get some payoff. It's like you got to put in the time every day. Yeah. Like high frequency. Right. Every single day. And then at the end of like, I don't know, six months, a year, maybe you might have some some profit. Some Maybe I'll be able to have a short conversation. Yeah, with something to show the fruits of your efforts. Yeah. Um, super delayed. Um, yeah, reward. Reward system. Super, super delayed. So it's like, man, right. you gotta, you gotta have. So th- my um, school holidays and like booking a flight to travel, like that solved that issue, that barrier. It's yeah. like because every ten weeks, it's like, okay, I've had ten weeks of like self study, and. Um, now I'm going on a little sort of backpacker style holiday, you know, by myself, packing yeah. light and just doing it really cheap, and I'm just you know, walk walking Thailand on a journey, you know, like jumping on trains and just talking to as many people as I can. Yeah. And um, so like I'm doing my first sort of solo travel. Yeah. Um, yeah, like backpacker style, different culture and learning the language. And every time I went there, I was like, man, I've I've, l- I've learned I've learned a thing or two. Yeah. First time I was like, I look back, man, like. Just really basic, but every single time I went back, I was excited just to travel yeah. and um, like see a new part of the town. And I, and I did keep up my training a little bit while I was going there, like I'd travel around, go to a gym, and train a little bit as well. But um, yeah, just get that, just give a better conversation with people. Yeah, and it was like cra- it was like a drug. Seriously, it was like changed my life. And uh-huh. I kept I kept doing I did that for two two years straight. Yeah, I I went every single school holiday. And I studied every day, and I got into a little bit of a system. Like, um, I don't know if you heard of Anki flashcards. No, it's like a, re- a spaced repetition, like okay. for your vocabulary. So basically, my study is based around um, these flashcards, which that I'll do like on the tram going to work, to and from work, like and to and from the gym. Yeah, like every day. So it's like an hour or two hours of these flashcards, and reading a book in Thai. Yeah, and um. So I'm like, <laughs> like, like a weirdo. Like I'm on the I'm on the tram, and I'm like reading. Got to read out loud, you know. You can't read in your head. Okay. You're, you're practicing the pronunciation. Yeah. So you're reading like sometimes the same line like you know over and over and over, and yeah. you're also reading a story. So I'm like sort of reading quietly to myself on the tram. Serious. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't care, but you know. So Even now you're doing it though. Just no, nah, not now. Now that. I've got to this point where it's like, well, you you know you got to to keep improving. You got to immerse yourself. Right. Yes, yeah, so I guess it would help. I still do going read. back and traveling there, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. And so am I am I right in saying your wife 
Is, is she from Thailand? Yeah, so my wife's Thai. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I'm going there two years. Yeah. Two years school holidays, and I'm just getting like it's. If it was on a graph, it would just be like very consistent, just leaps in improvement. Yeah, and super, you know, kept me motivated. Um, yeah, and so all along, um, I'm thinking. So I'm working, saving, I'm, and I'm learning my Thai. And in my head, I was like, well, I'm getting. I'm basically preparing to eventually. Either take my leave, take some long long service leave, unpaid leave, and just sort of go to travel Thailand. And who knows, I might get employed. I might meet. Who knows what will happen? Yeah. I might not come back. See what happens. Um, so that was sort of like the idea. Um, but I didn't want to quit my job. You know, did did this do it, did it the safe way. Yeah. Um, and so I did plan for that. And then at work, for whatever like complicated reasons, they said, "Oh, you can't." You can't take uh, leave next year when I wanted to. It might have been 2000 and, uh, I, I don't know, 2016 maybe. Yeah. And, um, but, um, yeah, but we promise we can give you your leave the year after. Right. So I was like, oh, shh, damn, you know, that changes things. Didn't expect that. I thought I would have got my leave for sure. Yeah. Anyway, so just keep on doing and doing. Yeah. And so my leave's locked in. Been planning for it for a long time. Eventually meet Rana. So Rana, she was a she had Thai uh, on a student visa, and she was working part time at the gym. Okay. Uh, which is also a medical clinic, like a sports medicine clinic. They yeah. do PRP, platelet-rich plasma therapy, and stem cell therapy, and this stuff. is in Melbourne. This is in Melbourne in Malvern. Okay. Malvern, Malvern Martial Arts. So I'm upstairs training. This where we, yeah, that's where I fought out of Malvern Martial Arts. Yeah. And so now I'm not fighting there, but I was still going to training almost every every other day. Yeah. Just to to help help with the other guys and just you know help my coach. Yeah. And um, so I'm telling one of the girls who, who who I know, she's Thai, and I'm like, hey, I'm learning Thai. Blah blah. blah. Super super excited. Yeah. And um, and so she's like, write some Thai for me, and I read it, and she's like, oh my god, you know, like you're blowing everyone's mind. So yeah. The, the um my my Thai language development was like I feel like it was super impressive for me even it still blows my mind like reading and writing Thai yeah. anyway at this point um and so yeah so she's like oh you should meet Rana she's like uh, you know Thai student visa she's trying to improve her English and she works here blah 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 I'm like cool I'm like I'm not down for I'm down to practice my Thai like, <laughs> super focused like I'm not thinking about dating or anything yeah. Anyway, so all business, uh, all business. So I, um, I meet Rana, and you know she's like, I wouldn't say stereotype, but like you know she, her English is pretty. Uh, what's the word? Like, it just you know she get getting by with English like um, pretty basic. Okay. Um, yeah, but just like you know, just super sweet. You know, I don't know, like out of a movie, just like super, super happy, like biggest smile, and just like. Hi, like just like stru- just cute little conversations. Yeah, like we're not we're not flirting at all. Right. Like anyway, so because like her English was very limited, and yeah. your Thai was yeah quite yeah limited. Yeah, yeah yeah plus yeah, and it was just like a new experience. I've never like been like it's almost like like you're being put on um, put on a date, like you're being set up in a way. Right. And then it's just this awkward conversation. As you can't fully have a fluent conversation. Yeah, by the way. yeah. And like, anyway, so she's working, and it, so we have a few uh, like uh, dates or whatever, like yeah. um, hanging out at the park or whatever, talking in English and in Thai. And <laughs> oh man, it would have been so, so funny to look back now. Uh, anyway, so uh, so she's working there. I'm training, and um, 
you know, she starts hanging around after work and I'm so tunnel vision though. I'm not noticing any of this, but she's uh, bringing me fruit like for, you know, after I finished training, yeah. she's like, Hey, are you hungry? And so we end up hanging out after, <laughs> after training. <laughs> she's going to listen to this. It's going to be funny. She's going to be so embarrassed. Anyway, so that goes on for a while and it goes on for a long while. Cause like I'm still going to Thailand every school holiday. Right. We're not a couple, we yeah. just, but she, I'm, um, you know, if we talk about it now, like, yeah, she was like planting the seeds. Right. So it's her words. Like she's bringing me fruit. She's Literally planting seeds. <laughs> yeah. She's, 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 wait, wait for it. <laughs> so she's bringing me fruit and like, yeah, yeah, we're spending more time together. Anyway, look, she ends up, we're li- now we're living together, right? Right. I've still got these plans to go to Thailand. My life's going to change, you know, taking a year off, maybe never coming back. Yeah. That's always been there. Yeah. But now I'm spending more and more time with Rana. Oh shit! She's like, you know, it's a classic. She's now she's got a bag of clothes in my room now, and all of a sudden she's living there. Yeah. Anyways, so uh, yeah, so now we've got two kids together. <laughs> so look, yeah, I'm getting caught up. Good fruit. Story. Yeah, good fruit, and yeah, she loves telling it, telling that one. Yeah, that's 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 a secret. And sometimes she gets asked, oh, you know, how did how did you guys meet? Oh, she was bringing me fruit. What type of fruit are we talking? There was cantaloupe and honeydew and strawberries and grapes, lots of grapes. Yeah, grapes are good. Good good, good after training, yeah. (laughs) Get your carbs, get your energy levels. In a little box, far out. But okay, that's that's a cool story. Yeah, so two kids later, and I did end up going, like, so, look, this is is not going to sound so good, and, um, like, I kind of regret it, but, like, it was what, it is what it is. Like, so, I'm, I've locked in flights, plans, my leave. It's all locked in. Yeah. And now we're like, we're, we're pretty much a couple now. Like, well, we are. Shit, we're living together. Yeah. So it's like, shit, what's going to happen? Like, I've been planning this for like years and it's big for me. Like to just, uh, oh, I'm in a relationship. Like I, I was essentially ready to just like, yeah, part ways basically. Right. And she, she was essentially, she had accepted that as well. Okay. Anyway, so then it's like November. I'm leaving in like December or yeah, leaving in December. Anyway, so yeah, she, she now she's pregnant. She, we just find out. Wow. It's just like, yep. Okay, didn't plan that one. Um, and so it's like, now what are we going to do? And anyway, talk about it, think about it. I I go away for a little bit, like basically four or five months. Have a little bit of an adventure. To Thailand? Yeah, to Thailand. I go stay with Rana's family, visit friends, and yeah, just trying to immerse myself as much as possible. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, you know, that that was like um, a trade-off sort of thing. Right. And, and then um, so and then you know, and we're we're keeping in touch, video call, and all that. You know, I'm seeing watching her, her belly getting bigger and all that. And um, I come back. Oh, it would have been like four or five months later. Rana's like six months pregnant now. I go, I, I. I get to cancel like my half of my leave, so I go back to work after like second semester, yeah. term three, and yeah, got a Joseph spawn, our first first kid. Wow! And born in July, and then um, what year again? Yeah, um, two thousand seventeen. Right, seven wow. seven seventeen. Yeah, and um, yeah, and like things just got better and better from there. Like yeah. just, it's got like closer, and I don't know, just like. My 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 focus on traveling, obviously, you know, I went away. Well, not went away, but like, I 
stop traveling. Right. So we just dedicated to the relationship, committed, and um, yeah. Now we now we got Jonathan as well, and he was born in December. Yeah, he's almost one. Okay, and um, yeah, that's pretty good. But yeah, how do you say? Like life changed, and right. it wasn't planned, and yeah, like for someone like me, I've, I I would have always described myself as like pretty in control, pretty planned. I mean, I never knew what I wanted to do, but like, I was definitely felt like I was in control. I knew where I was going. Yeah, it wasn't just sort of like reacting to whatever came my way. Yeah, and um, yeah, the idea of just having having a kid like unexpectedly, like you know, it's pretty. It's, it sounds pretty scary. It would have would have scared me, like you know, before it happened. Yeah, like if someone was asking you, oh, you know, what would happen if you um, Rana got pregnant? Be like, oh, geez, um, yeah, it would be a big deal. But then it happens, and you just sort of stop thinking like that, and everything's fine. It's it's crazy how that happens. Um, yeah, definitely. I don't know. Learn a lot. Yeah, I don't know. You grow up thinking, oh man, if like think anything unexpected like that happened, I wouldn't be able to cope. But then then you do. Right. And you just change because of it. Yeah. Like people ask people people often ask me because the people who know me really well know my personality, and then. Some people even tell me now, I can't believe you're a dad. Like, what the hell? How did that happen? <laughs> and I was just like, hey, yeah, and, what, and what's it been like for me? And it's like, it's hard to put into words. Right. It, it, it just, like, you just roll with it. You adapt and life changes and everything's okay. Right. Well, it would seem like your priorities change somewhat. You know, you've got mm. a human you've helped create there yeah. with, with a woman. And it's like... And it's it's like people think there's going to be some kind of like experience or process or pain with changing your priorities, but it's just like automatic. That's what's so hard to explain to people. For me, yeah. Um, when people ask, like, "Geez, like, what's it? How's, how's, how's it been? Like, yeah. you know, you were doing, you were living, you were this, and then now you got kids. Like, it's like it's just just changed. I can't even put into words. Yeah, it's just like someone's flicked the switch, and now you got a baby and or your priorities have changed. Right. And those priorities you had before, you can, it's almost like a distant memory. Right. There's no regret. Like, it's not like, oh man, oh, that feeling I wanted to do this, now I can't do it. Like, that doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's trippy. Interesting. Yeah. Then you mentioned, I think at the start, feel free to correct me, but you married with her to her yeah, now? Yeah, we um, got married in Thailand. Okay. Um, we both agreed that we're not too worried about the ceremony. We got married in Thailand for her family. Nice. Um, after Joseph was born, yeah, um, you know, I guess you'd say for her, her for her parents, yeah, it's a you know big deal, and especially she's from a small town, small country town, yeah, everyone knows each other, okay, and so yeah, it's like it's easy to appreciate. It's like all of a sudden Rana's walking around with this white dude <laughs> and a baby, yeah, and when was the wedding? You know, like right, what's the deal? People are gonna be. Asking questions. Asking questions. So, you know, yeah. you got to have that wedding. And it was fun. There's a video about it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I'll have to find that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. It's a watch. good one. Um, probably one of my favorites. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I was going to ask if you've been back and you obviously said you meant the family before she gave birth to your first son, but you've yeah. gone back with her. You've yeah. had, had a wedding. Yeah. Yeah. What's the plans for your future? Like, do you plan to stay here? Because I think when I first messaged you, I was under the impression that you were living there mm -hmm. with... Her and, and with your son. Yeah, a lot of people, because that's yeah, the only thing I post. Right. Is usually when I'm in Thailand. Right. But, um, yeah, good question. Um, 
because I I'm like no one can see your face right now yeah. except for me. Yeah. But there was a key, there was a big shift from when we were talking about the other stuff before. Yeah. From when I mentioned Thailand. Yeah. And I'm just gonna say that and sort of evaluate. But it's clear yeah. if it's not coming across in this audio how much <laughs> you how much you love Thailand yeah. and and the culture and learning the language, what it's done for you. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a good question. I mean, ideally, I mean, selfishly, I, I would love to live in Thailand. And my my theory is like, man, like you got one life. I've born and bred, raised up in Melbourne. It's like, man, how boring would it be just to just stay in Melbourne your whole life? And right. It's like you could live in any country you want for I don't know a year, two years, five like a period of time. How yeah. many years you got in this in this planet? Right. And so. I definitely want to live in Thailand and obviously I was saying before I, I was planning to sort of go over there and maybe not come back and just see what happened and that was so exciting for me and so I never really did that. Yeah. So that's there's still a part of that still in me. Yeah. And so it's yeah, so it's interesting interesting because um I think one of the things that's kept me so sort of happy and content with my current situation with Rana who I love and obviously our kids but just the fact that like I fell in love with Thailand as a culture and the language, but yeah, just you know, the culture as a whole. And just the fact that she's Thai and I, I just I just got this sense of the connection and mm. just the possibility that we'll one day live there or that we could live there. Yeah. If we wanted to, we could. Like if sh- some shit happened here and we had to, we could go live over there. And just that just that idea yeah. keeps me excited. Right. Like, yeah, if, uh, if the... If there wasn't any possibility of that, and it's like, no, this, you're you're here, that's it. It probably depressed me a lot. Yeah, right. So, um, you yeah. fluent in the language? Not that you would have to be to live in another country, yeah, but fluent to an extent. Sure. It's like I'm fluent talking one on one with someone. Yeah. Talking with my wife, or just pretty much anyone one on one. Yeah. And they can sort of uh, slow down a little bit for me, and you know, just like when you talk to a, someone whose English is their second language, you kind of slow down a little bit for them and communicate perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, but like in a group, like if I'm at Rana's, in Rana's home right. with the whole family and they're just talking shit, they're probably giving me shit as Go well. Going 100 so mile an hour. My yeah. brain is like working at 100% capacity <laughs> just ke- to keep up. And it's, it's really exhausting. People, Yeah, it's really mentally like, um, yeah, like you've only got so much energy. I can imagine. In your yeah, brain. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, and so you, you get mentally burned out and um, sometimes you switch off. It's Yeah, it's really interesting. The whole experience of learning a language how much brain power it takes. Yeah. Like what you, yeah, it's, it's very fascinating. But, um, so yeah, fluent, but, um, yeah, always getting better. Yeah. It's like more fluent now than I was a year ago. And I guess it's like almost like a diminishing returns. Like you, you can see, see your results really quickly at the start. And now it's kind of like tapers off a little bit. Sure. Um, yeah. But, um, I, at this stage, like I, I read, I read articles in Thai, and I watch like Thai series if I ever get a chance, and um, yeah, you can, I can kind of track my improvement still just by listening and and reading how quickly you can read and yeah, know. nice, yeah. Well, good luck with uh, with that yeah. you know, developing, I guess. Yeah. So, okay. So, uh, what did you ask before about um, yeah, go about going to Thailand? So. Yeah, we've been back like at least once since the kids have been born. Yeah. We've been back like once a year. Yeah, I think like once a year since Joseph was born. And actually right now, Rana and the kids, they're, they're in Thailand. Right. They've been there for two weeks. Yeah. Which is, it's, a, it's a big deal, right? Because um, Rana's sister 
she came to visit us first time ever just for a week yeah and we kind of timed it so that they can all fly back together because like rana wouldn't be able to fly with two two kids on too the plane and too hard um so since rana's sister was here we thought well you can you can all fly back together the airfares were much cheaper at that stage and um they get more time with the family mm. and then i'm going to go meet them at the end of the school term in december Beautiful. um so yeah that's what's currently happening um that must be exciting yeah oh cannot wait yeah so i'm going to be there for a, for for a month yeah um and yeah haven't, haven't been there since uh yeah in april we went we went in april for did we yeah and um the songkran which is like the the hot season over there okay they have like the water festival thing songkran they call it right yeah um and that was just for two weeks yep yeah so really looking forward to that nice yeah, uh, so I uh, might be getting off track. It doesn't matter, does it? No, no, it's fine. So, um, yeah, so I want to eventually live there at some point, yeah. you know, a year, two years. But in terms of schooling, like, you know, schooling system is better here. You know, you can't deny it. And so we'll probably base around when the kids go into school. Yeah. We'll probably come back here and try and get them into a you know, school that we're happy with. Yeah. Um, and so before then, it's kind of like a bit of a window. We could spend a year or two at some point living over there. Got a few, you know, sort of side hustles, businesses, ideas on on the side at the moment, and yeah, see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Got to got to pay the mortgage down and worry about that. So oh, you got a house here, do you? Yeah, got yeah, yeah. Got the house that we live in, mortgage. Got an investment property that's doing okay, but yeah, yeah, it all ties you down a little bit. Sure. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Yeah. Well, lots to work through, but yeah, good luck and thanks for sharing all that, man. It's um, Jeez. definitely yeah. wouldn't I definitely wouldn't have known that from looking at some of the videos. Yeah, and yeah, uh, it was just interesting. You saying like, yeah, seeing my face light up about it, and like, yeah, it's it's a uh, good feedback for me because yeah, I do I yeah, I love it, and yeah, I don't know. I think it's what's kept me going, sort of thing, in terms of this that like um. You know, direction, focus, purpose in life, and all that. For me, it's like well, that keeps it. That keeps. Uh, I don't know. It keeps life interesting for me. Yeah. Like if I wasn't doing anything else, it's like if I'm improving my tie, I just feel like I'm. I don't know. It's, it's just. It's like a drug. It actually like I, I can just watch a Thai TV show. It might be some corny soap opera, but as I'm I'm listening to it and I'm understanding it. I just got like therapy. Right. So yes. That's right, cool. It's crazy. I mean, I, I said what I said before. It wasn't that your face was, you know, super depressed or you looked like you, you hated life before that. But, yeah, it was an obvious yeah. increase in, in affinity for that yeah. culture. So, yeah, that's cool. We've got a few more questions before yeah. we end, but I really appreciate yeah, no, I'm loving it. sharing all of this. So, thank you. Um, I'm going to change gears again slightly, but yeah. going back a little bit to what you were talking about with regards to schooling. Mm. You mentioned, you know, you like the ideas of, of developing yourself and personal development, mm. things around life. You've been a teacher now for 10 years, yeah. possibly 11. Yeah. But what would you like to see taught at school that's not currently? Uh, yeah, oh, easy question to answer. I think it's probably a bit of a cliche maybe even, but like just life skills. Right. I mean, you, you hear you know, plenty of, um, just on social media, but you can look at statistics about anxiety and depression for example, and, um, you know, it's like, it begs the question, what's going on? And you know, my my, ex my simple explanation is that well, society, the way society's developed, 
um, it's developing so fast, whether it's just from social media and just consumerism, materialism, yeah. all, all these sorts of things. Yeah, um, yeah it's just uh, not a healthy society or environment that people are growing up in. Right. And parents of young kids these days, they they're a victim of it, or they're already, you know, so. It's not like the parents of the young kids these days have some old school values that, and there's some kind of gap there. It's like no, the parents are already um, already part of the problem. They're part of the problem. The, yeah. yeah, they're part of the system, and so there's a bad need for, uh, I guess, enlightenment. So uh, how do you think we change that then in schools? Far out, man. I don't know. Right. And this comes back to me being a bad team player and all that because I'm just happy in the classroom sharing my ideas with my kids, and as soon as it gets into the systemic. Um, level, it's like, man, I just, yeah, I lose interest. Right. There's so many barriers. and. What's the culture like in Thailand in terms of this sort of thing? Because I would assume you've maybe, just, like, observed the schooling system. You mentioned that uh, it's the your opinion. Yeah. yeah, you mentioned it's your opinion that the schooling system here is a lot better, but yeah. I, I've never been to Thailand. I, I haven't done much travelling, admittedly, yeah. myself. But what's... what? What's that like? Like, is there a major difference? Is is there culture? Um, well, the school system in Thailand, from my, from what I know, I mean, I haven't experienced any of it myself. Just through talking to people, is that it's just very old school, like right. way, way old school. Yeah, uh, like authoritarian and just, um, yeah, like lecture style, ki- uh, kids, uh, students. You know, they're not encouraged to ask questions and talk back and all. It's right. like you know, opposite to how it is here. Sure. So like. The school system here is like better, I would agree. But it's right. not th- I don't think the school system is it's not the problem, it's just not, not, not um addressing the problem that which is the wi- wider society. Yeah. Um so yeah. Um definitely it's a platform to help. But yeah, there's so much um man, I'm probably not articulating myself well, but um That's all right. I mean I I get it like you weren't prepared necessarily for this question, yeah. but it it's but it's like a big topic, right? The, yeah, the school system, like this, like it's su- it's such an institution, and there's so many like uh, systems and levels and like tape and like what it's like. What can a teacher do? It's like you, you you're busy trying to like freaking do your PDP, your professional development um, goal for the year, and like just all these little things. Basically, it feels like they're just trying to keep you busy and accountable. When like I'm just I'm. I got like a much bigger picture sort of view, but I'm I'm busy sort of ticking all the boxes of right. my job requirements. Got to make sure your kids get good good results in their exams. Good otherwise, results you as get well. Probably yeah. looked at and right. So there's all these other things that just sort of get in the way. So in the end, it's like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> no, I understand. Priorities, no. yeah, yeah. So I, I I get sort of like that through. I know just through having that contact with the students, just having a conversation here or there, I feel like I'm you know, making a difference. Students now, like I'm, I'm one thing that I like, uh, I feel good about is that like I'm confident that a lot of my students, like when they're a bit older, or maybe you know your age or not quite, like in their mid twenties, and they're facing a lot of these issues yeah. right now. They're probably a little bit immature, but they they hear it. But it's easy in the classroom. So you roll your eyes at jog preaching. You know, going off again, <laughs> but that like they'll be like, "Oh, Joel was talking about this stuff," and yeah, you know, it's kind of preparing them, planting a seed here and there. And some kids, you can see how interested they are, how interested they are in some of the things that I'm sharing with them. Like that's sort of on a side to what we're studying. Yeah, and um, yeah, yeah, it, it keeps me 
sort of scratches that itch for making a difference. Yeah. Meanwhile, you are a teacher as well. And just by being a role model, I always share what I do with them, whether it's just health and fitness in terms of, um, you know, taking care of your body. Right. As well as just good good habits in terms of like goal setting and um, outlook. And, you know, I'm into like meditation and yoga and I'm always talking about that. And Yeah. Yeah, just life's challenges and how I've overcome them. How, how I've overcome them from a sort of putting into into a teaching perspective as well. So all all of my life's challenges, and I'm like you know on my own journey, and then through a lot of self reflection, it's like oh, I put this into a little lesson. I can pass this on. Yeah. As opposed to just sort of dealing with it myself and moving on. Right. So I could try to put into a like nice little sound sound bite for the for the kids. Right. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I think, oh man, I should I should document more of this stuff down. You might end up with a nice little course that you could maybe teach in a class, or you could, could be something else. Right. But then, then you don't. But why? I don't know. Yeah. Well, at least you're thinking with it, because I think it it is important. But I think you, I I personally feel like you maybe had that a part of you even back when you first started it and were teaching me. Mm. So yeah. Thank right. you. And well, please continue. Whether you continue as a as a teacher well, for, for the many years to come, yeah. I want to ask you, what advice would you give to your twenty year old self? Oh, my twenty year old self. Yeah. Oh, the one who was just getting into teaching. You're yeah. You need there at Deacon. Okay, so. Dad's oh, telling geez. you to get a job. That's a tough one. Yeah. So. Man. So. Good question. My twenty-year-old self, I would probably start learning the language. Like seriously, it's gonna maybe be a disappointing answer, but start studying, like whether it's Thai or whatever. But travel and start studying the language earlier. I think. Yeah. Yeah, and just like go out there and experience more earlier. But uh, it's not that girl was late, but like my twenty-year-old self. It's, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. You probably just start traveling, start learning the language because, man, I feel like, man, uh, like I'm quite fluent now in Thai, but like not, not enough probably to work in the workplace in Thailand. But yeah. it, like for me, it's like a dream. Like it's like a fantasy. If I, if I was like 20 and I could speak t- Thai or whatever language and then, okay, so now you're in your 20s, you're in your bilingual white dude from Melbourne, you could you know, go get a job here or you could just catch a $500 flight to Thailand and look for a job there. It's like far out. Like life ain't boring. Right. Like that, for me, that's just like crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I give the same sort of advice to young people when they're not sure what they want to do after school and they're freaking out about it. Like, you know, year 12, is it got to do their VTEC? Some people know what they want to do. That's great. And that they might change what they want to do. It doesn't matter either, but um, a lot of most of them don't know what they want to do, and they're like looking for something, just like I did. I yeah. didn't know what I wanted to do. Sure, so I'm like, well, why don't you why don't you travel? And then I tell them like, how about what if you did this? You you um you go to go to Thailand. Why not? Thailand's pretty good. It's like cheap. You're you're an eighteen. You know, you save up save up some money. You go to Thailand. You're backpacking around. You're learning the language. You might find yourself in a Muay Thai boxing camp. Um, cheap accommodation, you're immersing yourself in the culture and um, you could do that for a few months. Imagine if you did that. Imagine if you had like a, a, a fight in Thailand. <laughs> you're a footy player, you don't know what you want to do. 
what if you did that? Like, would your life change? Because when I was 18, that, that would have scared me. I wouldn't have done that, and I didn't. Because right. I, was, I was just too scared, travelling by myself. Right. Always wanted to. Always wanted to learn a language. Always wanted to travel and experience the world. But always too scared. Yeah. It took me a trip with the gym when I was like 21 to you know, first time traveling. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I waited around for an opportunity. But man, what if you did that earlier? I don't know. I don't know if that's advice, but you know, that's... Um, I think it's advice, yeah. Yeah, something... Some you probably weren't in a position to give me that advice when you were teaching me, but it's it's interesting yeah. and it's it's cool to know and, yeah. I guess when, when you ask me, I, I'm, I'm probably like feeling like I need to give some kind of ultimate, like u- some kind of ultimate advice, but like, you, you know... That's all right. Um, we, like, that's what this podcast is. It's everyday people, like, yeah. you know, and yeah. I appreciate you, uh, you know, you, you mentioned you like to work out things and... It seems like you're quite methodical in a lot of what you do, especially when it comes to working on this, you know, language. You know, mm. it's really passionate, but it's it's great. So, yeah, well, I appreciate that advice. Definitely giving that advice to some young people, just like, yeah, just the idea, yeah, because I guess that's what I, I'd probably give. Yeah, I would give advice to myself about. Yeah, because like, I mean, I've uh, another thing. It's probably relevant here is that. Um, like, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but, like, a lot of people, they go through uni and they don't use that degree at all. So, mm. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew I was in, into fitness. So, I did exercise science. And then I did the dip ed. I didn't know that I wanted to teach. and But it's all kind of worked out pretty well for me. Like, yeah. I feel pretty lucky. And I feel like th- a lot of luck was involved. Like, I could have easily hated it. But the reason I lo- like teaching is not because of, like, I don't really like schools. I don't really like the system. But I'd, I'd like teaching i guess like just the act of teaching whether it was it it's hap- happens to be in a classroom but i could you know probably see myself teaching in a martial arts school and i'd probably like like that even more maybe because right. you get students who are probably more dedicated maybe right but um it's almost been just luck though yeah it's like yeah you've got a stable job and you also do get to teach and um, influence young people with things that you think are you know most important yeah as well as the curriculum that you have to teach. Yeah. And, and I don't mind the curriculum. You know, I teach PE and health, sport and rec, and um, a lot of it I find value in as well, and I put my own spin on it. So For sure. What, is, what does the Thai culture think of luck? Do you know much about um, their, their views on luck? Yeah, they, they, they do. Um, well, it's like Buddhist culture. I mean, I don't get into it too much, really. Sure. Um, but yeah, they believe in karma. And yeah, it's just, just doing good, really. Mm. Yeah, I, I, haven't, I haven't really, yeah, probably don't know enough to talk on it. But, um, yeah, definitely yeah, not, not harming others and doing good and, and, you know, good things come back. Basically just karma, which is, you know, it doesn't have to be um, a religious thing either. Sure. You know, like um, you can just do it in terms of odds, probability, right. like the more good that you do it's like it's probably less chance of repercussions mm. over time yeah and it can appear to be luck but you could probably if you had enough insight you could probably trace where your luck came from yeah it's like just a chain a really long chain of events chain reactions right yeah that's cool increases your chances of receiving luck yeah nice man well look <laughs> i've really enjoyed this conversation it's been all right huh yeah I feel like we could keep talking for a long, long time, but I I like to keep it. Yeah, no, for sure. (laughs) Before we do go, though, is there anything you'd like to to add? 
like to say maybe that I haven't yeah probably probably not I feel, I feel like I've spoken a lot it's good but, um, I don't know how yeah, I, re- I really enjoy, enjoyed the experience because um, hey, I've, I've um, okay I will add something so yeah. Yeah, as, as a teacher it's like almost like the epitome of the stable secure 9 to 5 sort of job yeah. I've, always, I've got this sort of I don't know if it's an uh, entrepreneurial spirit but like it's like something like I feel like I want to do on top of or on the side like it's like how do you get out of this like 9 to 5 Right. You know, it's a cliche. It's like ball and chain. You're on the hamster wheel or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, no, I guess it's just like I admire, you know, what you're doing. It's like, and I was really keen to come in. So you, it's almost like, what's the word? Synchronicity or something. It's like, yeah. All right, Rindy, you know, he's got his own podcast. <laughs> Like shit, does he? I don't know, what what does he know? Well, you see in some of my YouTube videos, but I feel like, man, I'm ready. I'm ready to ready to share. Nice. Not not that I knew what you know, the questions you were going to ask, but like I think, yeah, I was pretty much on the mark. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah it's good. It's worked out well. Thank you very much. There you Thanks go. For having me. Yeah, you're welcome. We'll leave it there. Yeah. Joel Oxygen. Appreciate it, man. So there you have it, another episode there for you. I really hope you enjoyed it. Thanks again to Joel. It was some interesting points there, especially around teaching, but also just culture and learning. Something that I'll definitely do, I think, as a 27-year-old. Got to keep my discipline in when it comes to learning a language, but I think it's something that, yeah, the sooner you start, the better. So I'll take it as a sign and we'll go from there. But uh, yeah, thanks again to him. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it with a friend, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts because there's plenty more coming thick and fast as we come to the end of 2019 and into 2020. And yeah, I do appreciate the support. So until next time, all the very best.